X gon' give it to ya. Wait for you to get it on your own. X gon' deliver to ya. Knock, knock, open up the door. It's real. With the non-stop pop out and stainless steel. Hey, everyone, and welcome, and thank you for listening. Whether you're coming from the It's Canon podcast feed, whether you're coming from Sunday night's main event, thank you for listening, and we have a very special interview tonight, today, morning, whatever it is. Thank you for listening. Um, with this being WrestleMania weekend, we wanted to get in on the geek wrestling market. So what better way to do that than to have an interview? But before we get there, I'm joined by my partner in crime, my tag team partner, Matt. Tag team partner and tag team crime. Yep. Comic book, uh, wrestling, what a combination, Boris. It's like peanut butter and jam. Isn't it? Like, I remember having this conversation with Jason Agnew a while ago, and that is kind of like that that intersection of comics and wrestling. And then, you know, there's people like me who kind of just incorporate it all. But it's crazy because, you know, when you think about the 80s, especially in the 90s, when gimmicks were so huge, you know, they were basically comic book char- characters. Yeah, the Ultimate Warrior comic book character, absolutely, through and through. Even, even like, well, Demolition, Powers of Pain, uh, the Road Warriors, clearly, clearly. So many, yeah. So many comic book-based wrestlers, even in the 90s. Yeah, and even now, like, you know, Ricochet. <laughs> yeah, true. Absolutely. But yeah, so we have a special interview today, and it is with the writers of Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia. They are Ed Cunell and Matt Enton, uh, you know, two guys who clearly know wrestling. They might not watch the current product, but you can tell that they spent many, many hours watching wrestling shows, documentaries, reading books, um, and, uh, you know, dealing with the internet wrestling community like we do. <laughs> yeah, and the comic, uh, internet comic community, which, uh, as, a, as someone who dips their toes in both communities, Boris, which is worse? Which is the worst community? Oh, like, without a shadow of a doubt. It, to me, personally, I think it's the wrestling. Yeah? Without a shadow of a doubt? Without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can't really make a judgment on this one because I'm not uh, I'm not really in the comic book community. But yeah, wrestling fandoms, we can be, uh, we can be a lot to deal with. <laughs> Yep, but at the same time, as fickle as we are, we know what we like, and uh, this is something that I personally like. It was a great read, a lot of fun. There is a Kickstarter coming May 11th. We're going to have more information for you on all the websites. Um, But without further ado, here's our interview with Ed and Matt. And we are now joined by some very special guests. They have created a special comic book. I say special because it's near and dear to a subject that I absolutely love. For those of you who know or don't know, I may or may not like wrestling. And the book is called Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia. We have the writers Ed Cunell and Matthew Enton. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having us on. Thanks so much. It's 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 a lot of fun. You know, this weekend, all eyes are on wrestling, regardless of whether you watch WWE or not. It's WrestleMania, biggest event of the year. So all of the eyes are on wrestling. And on Saturday and Sunday, it is time for WrestleMania. Um, but, you know, I want to talk about your book because, you know... Pop culture is interesting in the sense that wrestling and comic books overlap quite a bit. A lot of people don't realize yeah. this, but, you know, when you take a look at wrestling itself, especially the, you know, the 80s, your Hulk Hogan's, your Ultimate Warriors, your Akeems and whatnot, there were characters almost right out of comic books. Um, and, you know, it's it's they overlap from fans to creators, and it's a fun time. So... I wanted to ask you guys, what was your inspiration for doing a comic book based of wrestling? Well, let's see. I'll, I'll start. I'll start it off. Uh, so I'm a, a little older than Matt. And when I discovered wrestling, I was a young kid watching TV, you know, three channels back then, no cable. But I grew up in uh, Portland, Oregon, 
uh, where I was born and raised, and we had Pacific Northwest Wrestling. We had an NWA territory that we could watch on our local TV. And it's interesting you talk about like the the sort of the overlap with comics, but they really were you know superheroes to me at the time because as a little kid I, I was absolutely convinced that this was not scripted not choreographed right that this was good versus evil uh you know masked villains most of, most of the guys wearing masks were heels right um they're breathing fire and spitting green mist and leaping from from you know tall you know, heights and smashing you know cutting each other open and it's they were kind of like superheroes right and i was obsessed with with wrestling during the late 70s throughout the 80s especially and um so rest later you know wrestletopia for for me was just uh I, I, people described it as a love letter from matt and i to wrestling because i have an enormous amount of affection for it uh and uh and nostalgia for it and uh and as does matt here has, has a slightly different uh, attachment to it yeah, I, you know, when I first started watching wrestling, it was the rock and wrestling era. Like Hulk Hogan was, you know, the the man, the big, you know, a bigger name than Coca-Cola. And, um, it, you know, and, and I continued to watch it all through the Attitude Era. So there was, there was a period from about like 85, 86, all the way through maybe the early aughts in which I was watching really, you know, on a very regular basis. And I, and I like, I knew it was fake even when I was five, six years old. Cause you know, I had, I had a, I, my friend had an older brother who hipped us to the con, but, uh, it didn't really matter to me at all. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, and so Ed and I actually sort of, you know, we met in the video game industry. That's our day jobs. We're writers in games and Ed had a an autographed photo of him and King Kong Bundy over his desk, and he also had uh, an autographed photo of Playboy Buddy Rose. So you know that like sort of sparked a conversation between the two of us. And then you know like once you find out someone else likes re- wrestling, you know like it sort of opens up this whole new world. And you're really like, does. oh, you know, you're one of those. <laughs> I'm one of those too. Secret handshake. That's exactly it. I feel like it is kind of like a secret society. It's like, you know, anytime I wear one of my wrestling shirts out in public, and this is actually how me and my Matt met. (laughs) Your Matt. My Matt. We were outside. I was outside. I was throwing out the garbage or something. He sees me, and I'm wearing a Bullet Club shirt, and he's like, hey, yo. You know, we throw up the two sweet, and we started talking. So it's, it's, it's so true that it's kind of like a secret society of, of fans. And, and then, you know, it just opens up conversation. And next thing you know, you're working together. Yeah. It's crazy I, how that happens. Yeah. yeah. When we were at Comic-Con, I was wearing a classy Freddie Blassie shirt. And Brian, and Brian Michael Bendis, of all people, was like, cool shirt, man. I'm like, oh, Bendis is a fan, too. That is awesome. I, that is I awesome. have a pile. Of, uh, I have a pile of wrestling T-shirts, and they're all like you know, kind of the old school people I, I grew up watching. I was disappointed the night I, I wore for the first time my Bam Bam Bigelow T-shirt. Nobody, nobody said it. I was I, uh, I I was very very sad by the end. Yeah, of the that is heartbreaking. As two huskier gentlemen, <laughs> Boris and I are huge Bam Bam fans, so I feel that pain. I feel that pain. <laughs> Yeah, so great. you guys, you know, learned that you were both wrestling fans. You started talking of this idea, and then how did how did it go from there? I think that so there was when we met, we were both working for a video game studio, and we were both laid off at at the same time. Our project went uh, was canceled, as this happens in the game industry, and and we were laid off with a lot of other people. We started kind of just working on projects together. And, you know, I found I re- you know, really loved, uh, we found we really had fun working together and we were making some cool stuff. We were writing screenplays at the time. And I think I just had the, the, the kernel of the idea was, okay, there's this planet of alien wrestlers whose whole like civilization revolves around wrestling. Like, like, you know, the president is 
the galactic champion of the universe, right? Like you have to have the belt, right? And you don't have they don't have elections. They would have like like WrestleMania type, <laughs> you know, events, and uh, so um, you know, which was funny. And then it, it, from there, I think I had the vague idea that okay, well, how would a, how would that planet find out about Earth and be pissed at it enough to invade? So it was like, oh well, obviously a wrestler could cut a promo on live television and maybe like declare himself the, the galactic champion of the universe, like, like rock and roll Rory Landell does in our comic book. And, uh, if the TV, you know, there's an old trope where the TV signal goes out into space, then it could be intercepted. So that was just kind of the, the springboard. And then we're Matt and I working together. The rest of it came into, you know, the rest of it sort of, sort of, we, we sort of filled in the blanks as we went and it, it, took a long time but um you know i'm really 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 proud of how it turned out oh yeah it's a great read and i I absolutely love the first issue because you know you you get the verbiage right you know you're you and and if you know (laughs) your wrestling fans from that first issue you know you talk about promos you talk about face and heels you talk about you know um having to put someone over and things like that so you know as a wrestling fan and a comic fan you know i just instantly clicked with the comic book right away um so you know how did you balance the you know the the wrestling stuff with kind of the comic book tropes and everything else i mean we we wrote this originally as a screenplay so it was intended to be a film and you know, the problem is like with screenplays is, you know, to develop a film, that's millions upon millions of dollars. And this, you know, this is this is over 10 years ago when we wrote the original screenplay. And so much of that original screenplay is in the final product, in the comic book. But um, yeah, like we just sort of got to a point where like, well, we want to get this out in the world. How can we afford to put this out there? Uh, we can't. We can't bankroll a movie. We can't bankroll like a TV animation pilot. And we just sort of like came to the conclusion: well, you know, this could be a comic book. That's expensive to you know bankroll this comic book, um, but you know, not on the scale of a movie or a TV pilot. And we just found that so much of the screenplay was just comic booky by its very nature and you know the colorful you know the colorful quality of the characters just lent the it lent itself so well to this format um but that you know that was a learning process for us both and we really felt like we needed to work with some sort of you know experienced artists um because they could kind of guide us into like what the best way to sort of visually tell our story was and we kind of relied on them for that um you know we 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 read actually brian michael bennis's book (laughs) about writing you know for comics but when it came to like how you know how the pages were laid out and what was the best way to sort of you know set up the fight scenes and and, you know like we just sort of relied on you know our artists because you know both of them are seasoned veterans and they sort of knew best in that respect. And we're, we're a lot of like, so you know, Matt and I were, were pretty, I guess, uh, hip to a lot of the, the lingo, but um, even though I kind of stopped watching wrestling, it, 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 what's fascinating to me is, is the behind the scenes stuff. Right. And so I, I really, we'd been reading um, like wrestlers biographies and autobiographies for a long time. Like right now I'm reading uh, a book about gorgeous George, right. which is just fascinating. Um, and we, we had, you know, I was, I was, a, when I was a kid, I would buy these wrestling magazines off the newsstand every week, like every magazine. And so we had, you know, piled these magazines that um, we're really already familiar with. Um, so we did do some research and we wanted to not have too much like lingo to kind of like, you know, to, to kind of maybe, maybe, you know, turn, not, not necessarily to not turn people off, but also just not, you know, a little bit of lingo, I think goes a long way. Like we didn't want to, you know, act like we we're showing off that, that, you know, you know, 
act like we're, we're wrestling promoters or something, but there's enough in there to make it sound authentic and sort of treat the wrestlers like real people. And, uh, but the research was really fun to do. I, I love those old magazines and I love reading Bobby, Bobby, the brain, Heenan's autobiography and all nice. that stuff. Yeah, I think you guys did a great job of like towing that line. And I think anytime you dive into any kind of world or any kind of industry, there's going to be some 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 level of jargon, and that's acceptable. It's almost yeah. like readers want to read that, and you want to kind of be in that world. One thing I really liked about your comic is that the world did feel very lived in. It felt like an authentic, genuine world that was going on, you know? Um, Thank you, yeah. Oh no, no worries. Uh, so yeah, what we've talked a lot about wrestling, but do you have any uh, influences outside of wrestling that really helped shape this comic? No. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you have any influence besides wrestling? I, I... In life, or, or just for for the series? I I, 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 do, <laughs> I I do remember like when we wrote the original screenplay, we were watching a lot of these like you know alien invasion movies like we watched mars attacks we watched independence day we watched just like like basically every single like alien invasion movie we could find um but like the none of that like weighed against the amount of books we read about wrestling and documentaries we you know that's it's just like tiny tiny because like combined i think like when we wrote the original screenplay ed and i must have read at least 40 books about (laughs) wrestling and i can't tell you like this was like back in like when netflix was like physically sending dvds i was watching like five or six wrestling dvds a week like when we wrote the first draft of this um so it's funny like yeah we did do there are some that strains of you know like the alien invasion films but like it was mostly like wrestling and how do we sort of like work these tropes into sort of that that standard sort of narrative template it's a it's a it's a a really interesting question especially when i think about it because it was like we did watch some of these alien movies and and it was like these, you know, this is these are fine. These really are not helping at all. Like I, don't, <laughs> I just want to watch superstar Billy Graham's uh, documentary again, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. What's What's really neat is that, like, hearing the fact that this was written so long ago, because you know, one of the biggest ongoing jokes right now with the current product is the fact that WWE has a quote unquote universal champion. So when that belt was introduced back in 2016 you know the big joke was what is he going to go in space and defend it and this and that so (laughs) now hearing that this was at least the first draft was written so long ago it's kind of funny it's like you know you guys someone someone's gonna someone's gonna give you a call look at that you predicted the future (laughs) we we were like you know sort of off and on obviously you know we we would be real distracted well not distracted but we had our careers to attend to and families and but this was always i, I think with with this um invasion from planet russeltopia it was like never completely left our minds and i think for me it was just just so we'd come back to it and it was just always like man we just we we just got to put this out into the world and making a comic book is really cool and fun in fact, it kind of got me back into reading comics a lot, which I'm really enjoying. But it was like, I, we just, we got to give birth to this story and we got to put it into the world. I can't just, we can't just let it, leave it by the roadside. So it was that kind of mentality of, we just kept coming back to it, couldn't let it go, you know, and, and then um, make it to a comic made the most sense. Um, and yeah, it's funny to, to look back as we were like, Somebody asked us, like, well, were you really influenced by that movie, The Wrestler? And I was like, well, I think so, maybe. We looked, and it was like, well, we wrote, started writing, like, the first drafts before that movie even came out. So it was kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, funny to look back. Uh, I think I think that's true. I, I think we wrote Yeah, we had, because I, I remember we had a first draft of the screenplay done before the wrestler came out and I was sort of keeping an eye on it like, Oh God, are there like going to be too many things that are similar to (laughs) our, you know, obviously, you know, their wrestlers a lot more realistic and grounded than wrestling aliens, but (laughs) like, so, you know, some of like the typical, you know, like strains of like the rest of the reality of a wrestler's life, especially 
you know, in the case of Rory, who similar to, or is it Ram, whatever his name, Randy, the Ram. Yeah, like similar to that character who's sort of, you know, he's he's in his 40s now and he's wrestling in like high school gymnasiums. And they're in very similar sort of, you know, at parts of their career. Yeah, I just love that, you know, because you had that super famous wrestler, you know, biggest guy in the world. And then, you know, because of personal demons or personal decisions, he steps away and then he's working indie shows in front of 50 people. Right. Like it's just I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, As good as the writing was, and I absolutely loved the writing because, like I said, the language was great. The story was fun. It was really funny. Read. I laughed out loud a couple of times. But the art itself for me is what really kind of made it all and i'm talking about the lettering and the actual art itself because you know as you're seeing the the panels you know you see characters who may look like people we know you know i, I always thought that rory kind of looked like drew mcintyre you had your vince mcmahon yeah. you had your various look like look alike so i want to kind of uh, better understand how you worked with your artists to get all of this incorporated into the book Yeah, so we like we were very intentionally when we were looking at an artist. We didn't want it to actually look like uh, you know Hulk Hogan, Rock and Wrestling, the Saturday Morning Cartoon, but we wanted you know we we kind of wanted to capture the spirit of that. And when we saw Dan Scotty's art, who did the first three issues, um, we sort of instantly c- kind of you know that that connected with us. And then sort of regarding the character designs, we had, you know, specific wrestlers in mind. And obviously we didn't want to infringe on anyone's likeness rights. Um, But we would usually send more, you know, two or three wrestlers that we felt, you know, that had sort of influenced the character. So in the case of Rory, um, superstar Billy Graham was like a huge influence. And you can sort of see that in his, uh, in the feather boa he wears, I don't know who else we kind of sent his way. Um, but yeah, we would usually send, you know, two or three wrestlers that, you know, we had taken inspiration from and just sort of like let our artists riff. And- yeah. Yeah. I would say our, our experience working in video games was a big help with the production stuff because we were well versed at working with artists. And we were, I think, pretty good. I mean, we have to ask our artists, but I think we were pretty good about like saying, okay, here's what's important as far as the story and 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 their personality uh, would affect how that would affect their look, and, and then also pretty good at just kind of letting them do their thing. And most of the time, when they'd come up with a sketch after you know receiving our sort of input, we we would look at it and be like, oh, great, thumbs up, let's go, let's do it. Um, you know, minor characters, like all the <clears throat> WrestleTopians that are like running around body slamming the Secret Service and stuff. That was just all, we, we, did, we didn't even bother writing, you know, descriptions for that stuff. We're just like, here, just draw some crazy WrestleTopians, have fun, go nuts. And um, both Dan Scotty and, and Kendall Good did a fantastic job. Um, and of course, like with wrestling, like there's no, but we maybe considered for like one second like, well, this would be cheaper without color. And we're like, oh, man, it's wrestling. You can't have wrestling. You, this is a full color, you know, deal wrestling. You can't have wrestling in black and white. I mean, it's not. Uh, and then, um, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we had uh, Marissa Louise, <laughs> Jason Lewis uh, for one issue, uh, and Geo Butler, you know, all did a great job. Um and letterers, we had two different letterers. It's, it's hard to keep an indie team together, we found out, even when everyone's getting paid. Yep. So we're, we're like, um, uh, we had uh, Dave Lanfear, and then we had Sal Cipriano. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, we hired professionals. We hired we hired people that, you know, we knew would, would make the comic look great, and they did. Oh, it does. And, it really does pop. Yeah. Uh, it definitely has, a like, a unique style, and it, it looks good. It looks great. Yeah, they did a phenomenal job on those guys. Oh, yeah, especially the lettering. Like, you know, the art is fantastic. The writing is fantastic. But for me, the lettering, like, you know, it just worked. Like, it didn't overcome a page. It was subtle enough. It popped when it needed to pop. You had the right fonts. Nothing that would, like, hurt anyone's eyes or hurt anyone's head. It was like the lettering was just spot on. And it's it's a detail for me that, you know, a lot of – I find that a lot of people just don't even think about until much – 
down the road. It's it's like it's not the first thing that they really think about. So the first few issues of a yeah. of a comic might not be the best looking overall. But I found right from the get go, this is like, oh yeah, this is nice. Yeah, we, we were asking advice from people because we had never done a comic book before. Um, but there's there's a lot of comic book uh, folks here in, here in Portland, which is really cool. Uh, we got some good advice from some professionals, and they we kept hearing like, "Don't skimp on the lettering, get professional letterer." Like, like okay, fine. And I, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but it's like you know, you you you'd, you'd look you look at letter, you look around for letterers and say, okay, how much it, how much will this cost? And it's not it, it's not that much. Like letterers probably deserve more. Like they yeah. should probably ask. But, but you know, we, we we paid everyone their full rate that they wanted. Um, it's not that ex- it's not expensive to get have good lettering. <laughs> like I just you know. Um, it's, it's not nothing, but it's, it's, um, I guess, you know, we were, we kept hearing like, oh, you got to get professional letter. It's totally worth it. Don't do it yourself. So I thought, oh my God, how much is this going to cost? And it's, it's not that expensive. <laughs> just, <laughs> and it's for sure just, something that for me can make or break a comic book. So, yeah, you know, exactly. kudos to you for, for actually taking the advice that people are giving you and moving ahead with it. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. I feel like you know you don't when it's well done, you don't notice it. Exactly. But if it's poorly done, you notice it right away. It's like lighting in a film. <laughs> you know, like if something is poorly lit, you know, you at, your eye just focuses on it. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great call because I'm not as big a comic book guy as Boris is, and I didn't even notice it. I, but it was it was perfectly fine to my eye, you know. It was a nice, it's pleasant read. All right, yeah. you have the story, you have the art, you essentially have a comic book. Now you got to get it out there to the masses. So talk to me about suspicious behavior productions. How did that come about? How did you decide to do this? Um, did you shop this around? Did where like were you going to go the creator owned route? So I kind of want to get your thought process behind the distribution and getting this book out there i'll 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 start and then i'll kick it off from that was yeah so it was like we made the first issue it was beautiful and uh we were, we were starting on the second and i think i emailed it to like six websites and then i turned to my wife and like well um i don't know what else to do i think i, I think i'm done promoting the comic <laughs> and she's like you probably need to you know uh, grind a little more. So, um, literally every day we're, we're just trying to get it out there to people like yourself, you know, to read it and, and hopefully, hopefully read it and talk about it or, or review it formally, whatever, you know, we're grateful for whatever, uh, people do. Um, we did shop around publishers without a lot of success. Uh, you know, Matt and I are unknown to comics. Uh, we've been at this now since 2017 we finished all six issues now, but we, we started with the first one back then. And, uh, you know, the, even then the, the comic book market was sort of imploding, uh, comic book shops were closing. People weren't buying single issues much anymore, unless you were a big name or, or it was a big license. Um, we were with a, we did actually, you know, get, get a little bit of interest uh, from some small publishers and we went with a small press publisher for a while and it just, um, they were great, you know, the, the best of intentions, but nothing, it, it just, nothing ever panned out there. Uh, so we went back, we just went back to self publishing it and, um, we're going to do a Kickstarter May 11th where we're going to collect all six issues into a really cool trade and have, have some really cool, um, uh, incentives, you know, for people who, who want to get a uh, Kickstarter exclusive hardcover or just or a soft cover that that will hopefully also that will that will also be in some stores, some comic book stores, and I'm sure Matt, you know, it, it it's been a, it's been a tough road to get get it out there. I'm sure Matt has his own perspective as well. It's it's very much an industry like you kind of you need to. I, I think a lot, you know, the people that are getting signed by, like, say, image, like, you can't, 
be a complete unknown and then get a title with image. You know, yep. you need to have, yeah, you need to have sort of establish yourself at one of the big two. And we, we kind of, we showed up at Rose city comic con with like a beautiful print of issue one. And in like, you know, but we were both wearing backpacks stuffed with issue one. And we were just like walking up to, you know, the dark horse booth, like, will you read this? And like, no one was interested. (laughs) And we we did that for like two whole days. Um, And then we sent it to a few other publishers and we actually got some interest and for our complete digital run, Ed, is it okay if, if I speak aloud the name of our former publisher? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So we so we ended up inking a deal with Starburns uh, Industries Press, which is uh, you know as most people know, Dan Harmon and Dino Stamatopoulos, um, you know the Rick and Morty people, uh, mostly known for their TV and film work. They have a small uh, comic book imprint. And so we ended up doing, you know, a digital release through them. Um, and yeah, even, even with, with like, their, you know, like Dan Harmon's kind of like star wattage, we, we ended up still, you know, like if you're an indie, you know, writer, you're, you're still the one promoting it. Even if we were with Image, it would have a little more cachet, but we'd still be the ones sending out to various podcasts and websites and media outlets. Yep. So, it, I mean, it's a grind. Um, and I, you know, we, we would prefer in the future to continue just doing our own stuff. Like, you know, if someone wants us to say work on Howard the Duck, cool, but you know, working for like Marvel or DC has never been like a huge aspiration of mine. I would, I would be delighted to do it, but I would much prefer for Ed and I to continue just like working on our own IPs. And as long as, you know, I don't, I don't really like for me, like I would love to break even on what we've sort of sunk into this with the, tr- with the trade paperback. Um, I would love to make money obviously in the future doing this, but at least for the time being, I, you know, I am just happy that this story that, you know, was just kind of gathering dust on our collected, you know, on our hard drives is finally sort of getting out there in the world. Yeah. Um, and hopefully this will lead to sort of bigger and better things. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the thing with a comic book like this is like it can always grow. Like it's out there now. It can always get a following or it could always the right person can see it a year, two, five down the road. You you never know. So, yeah, it, it is important to get your things out there, get your ideas out there. Yeah, we're excited to see what happens with the Kickstarter. Um, and I should say like we've got a, a tremendous response from the comic book from from critics you know like i said we're kind of out there every almost every day um sending it out we've we've had we've had uh, some great reviews from the larger outlets and and lots from the the, from smaller outlets and and the wrestling uh community is is really really taken to it and it's that that alone is hugely gratifying right but um it's been interesting how you you know i mean i thought like when we released the first issue i thought well I mean, even just like people we know, like maybe we'll sell a couple hundred copies. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. it was like try three, and, yeah. then, you know, and, and then it's like my dad didn't buy it. You know, my dad. <laughs> Look, you know, any geez. anytime you can make the internet wrestling community happy, you have something oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great. It, it's that's been really really fun. Like. The, with the comic book, it's interesting because kind of with with comic book podcasts and bloggers, and then and then like reviewers for like big outlets, you know, some of those people like love wrestling. Some of those people are like, oh, I remember wrestling. You know, when I was a kid, I I watched it with my dad, and, and it was great. And some of those people are like, I don't know this if I'm going to like this. And it's been great because we, we, we have heard over and over again, it's hugely gratifying to hear, like, you don't have to be a wrestling fan to, to really dig this comic book. And we, we've seen that with a lot of just comic book fans who aren't into wrestling necessarily, but really dug Invasion of Planet WrestleTopia. But then it's also been really fun to interact you know, with the wrestling community who are just like, it was like, wrestling aliens? Yep, send it on over. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, the response for is generally great and and really gratifying you know 
We've been on some podcast, like wrestling podcasts, where like the hosts haven't read a comic book in like twenty years, and they were kind of prepared to brush us off. But you know, we passed the smell test. They could tell, like from from like the book that we were fans, and they you know they bring us on their show. Yeah, that's it, it's so funny. This is what I mean. Like the internet wrestling community is so fickle. The comic book community yeah. is so fickle so it's like you guys are just like treading on like walking on eggshells when it comes to <laughs> yeah. fandoms but you did there, you, a, you did a good yeah. job you uh yeah you uh, traverse that broken glass like a young john mcclain <laughs> <laughs> there, all right so uh, you know so what is what's in the future are you guys going to plan on writing more is more uh are we going to f- learn more about planet wrestletopia what's in the future well, we'll see. That a lot depends on our Kickstarter on, <laughs> on May 11th. By the way, if I hadn't mentioned, um, we do have some some fun ideas for. Uh, what I mean, what I would love to do is we have some fun ideas for like for some one shots where we uh, do a little bit more storytelling um, on the periphery of this first story arc that's covered in these first six issues. And then I think we, we, you know, we would like to in the future do a like a, just like a whole new story arc, sort of set in this WrestleTopia world. Um, but I, but we'll, what's maybe in the immediate horizon, you know, if this if this Kickstarter goes well, and and after you know the book is finished, so after we print and fulfill, and we would probably do another Kickstarter for a, a completely different miniseries um, that we're both real excited about. And, uh, <clears throat> and sort of keep, the, I mean, that would be the dream is to sort of like do, do that kind of stuff, right? Like, so this first story arc is six issues. It's a mini series. It's finished. It's complete. And I think it makes a great story. Like I'm not a big fan of just like doing an ongoing title that that's supposed to just be entertaining forever. Um, but to keep doing these kind of like a mini series and, uh, at least be able to not go broke and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and just to keep doing that through, through, through suspicious behavior productions until, uh, I don't know, one of us dies or <laughs> we get a movie or something. I don't know. Who knows? But it's fun, it's fun as hell. Yeah. It seems like it is. And that that's awesome. I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. So we've talked a little bit of the comic book. We've kind of brushed on the fact that you guys are, were, um, off and on wrestling fans. Let's talk about wrestling. It is WrestleMania weekend. I think it's time oh. that we at least talk about it a little bit, I guess. Um, so, you know, I, got, I guess the obvious question is, will you be watching WrestleMania? Oh, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't got nine hours. I do have like a six week old child, so I, I guess I do have an excuse. <laughs> I can't really watch anything right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a I, I don't remember the last WrestleMania I, I watched. I did watch when we were working on WrestleTopia, I think the first ten WrestleManias on DVD and then the first like five SummerSlams. Um, but I, I won't be tuning in for this one. Yeah, no, it's 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 a long weekend. You know, now they've split it up into two nights. Um, so instead of you know one eight nine hour night, you have two three four hour nights. So it's still going to be a long yeah. one. Yeah, it's still a couple whole um, meals of food. Um, so do, do you have any yeah. like what what would be your favorite WrestleMania memory? If you could say one WrestleMania moment that stands out in your head as 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 your favorite. Uh, for me, it's uh, Steamboat versus Macho Man. Greatest nice. WrestleMania match of all time. Thumbs yeah, up I, on that one, co-signed. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I mean, I can pretty vividly remember the, well, I can remember, you know, the first WrestleMania and what a big deal it was. Um, and all the build-up towards it, you know, real clearly because I was I was still watching wrestling at that time, and I do remember WrestleMania three, pretty you know, it was Hulk slamming Andre, and I have to say I wasn't necessarily like I you know Hogan was cool, but I was really more a fan of the heels like Roddy Roddy Piper, uh, and then you know, uh, but but that his, his you know him slamming Andre 
was pretty epic, you know, because you know, I was one of the people who, you know, this had never happened before. And uh, to see that happen was, you know, was insane. Oh, yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, yeah, that was definitely, I could see that. And to actually have been a fan at that moment, too, would be, to see it happening would be amazing, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it was hard to convince my dad to pay for them. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing about being a kid, right? It's like we kind of had to, re- obviously, had to rely on our parents to buy pay-per-views and or go to the closed uh, closed circuit locations and things like that, um, you know, pre-pay-per-view days. What, what I honestly remember more is because, so, you know, when the WWF, as it was called at the time, was started taking over the wrestling world, the territories really had to circle the wagons and uh, Don Owens, of uh, the promoter behind Pacific Northwest Wrestling, you know, he launched, like, he had a couple of his own, so he would throw Don Owens Wrestling Extravaganza and... <laughs> Don Owens wrestling extravaganza part two. So he'd, he'd go to the, he'd, yeah, he'd go to the Memorial Coliseum where the Portland Trailblazers used to play, and you know twelve thousand people would show up, and I got to go uh, to, to both of these, and so I saw stuff like Rick. Both I saw Rick Flair come to both, and one time once he wrestled Dusty Rhodes, once he wrestled our uh, local uh, star Billy Jack Haynes. Uh, Roddy Piper uh, blew off Vince McMahon because uh, he 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 was deeply indebted to Don Owens for kind of discovering him. He he, he blew off Vince McMahon and wrestled for on that card, even while under contract with the WWF. So I got to see him wrestle Playboy Buddy Rose, nice. Roddy Piper. I got to see uh, you know the Road Warriors uh, were on one, the first one, uh, or uh, yeah, I got to see the Road Warriors on the first one wrestling some local some local bums that we have. Um, those memories and, and those memories to me are like uh, I remember them. I remember them quite vividly, you know, because I was there. But I was I really loved the NWA when it was, you know, back in its sort of peak. You know, we might have to have you back on and just do an hour on Portland Northwest wrestling, just Bunny Rose versus Rick Martel matches. So yeah, I saw Rick Martel was on one of the cards, but he was AWA champ at the time, and he wrestled Mean Mike Miller. <laughs> local guy who was a wrestler and like a bouncer at a notorious roadhouse in Portland. A, a bouncer named Mean Mike Miller it sounds pretty pretty <laughs> on point. I believe it. <laughs> Rick Martel is one of the most underrated wrestlers ever, too. It's it's good that you were you got to see the man in his absolute prime. Yeah, he was champ. He, he was he was good. He was really good. He did great heel work in the WWE, and I, yeah. I just, he just never really got the credit I think he deserved. He was always stuck with those horrible gimmicks, right? It's like, it's one of those gimmicks that it can only take you so far, and that was it. And, you know, he's one of those guys who, he's had a legendary Hall of Fame career, in my opinion, but when he left the business, he left the business. It's like he has, he does nothing with wrestling now. So good for him, but, uh, you know, hopefully he gets more recognized as, you know, people remember him, I guess. I don't know. It's it's, uh, kind of shitty. He came. He came to the WWF uh, as it was uh, at a weird time where it was like, okay, we started this rock and wrestling thing, and everything's just going gangbusters, and and we're introducing people like Brutus the Barber and Hillbilly Jim, and everyone loves it. And it's great. And then it was like, it's it just it, they're starting running out of ideas, and it started getting so it's like you you get Rick Martel and Terry Taylor. It's like, who who are you? Uh, I don't know. You'll be the rooster. Uh, what about this guy? I don't know. Just make him the model. Does I don't know. Right? We have enough hillbillies. It doesn't matter. And it, it was, I, yeah. I just think they were like creatively uh, running on 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 fumes when yeah, they, they had money. And it definitely but, kind uh, of pigeonholed somebody whose talent level was far above a silly little character like that. But you know, it is what it was. It was also very memorable. And he arrogance, the perfume, <laughs> the, the cologne. <laughs> so, uh, so while we're, while we're uh, chatting wrestling, if you had to pick one wrestler, one wrestler, you can only watch one for the rest of your life. Who's your goat, oh, your go-to, your favorite one wrestler? That is cruel. My is... Uh... Still Savage. Yeah. Oh, my I name checked his WrestleMania three performance, but yeah. just completely unique. You know, just there's 
I love like you know he's he's his uh, his mic skills were uh, I don't even know how to describe them. Just like like he, he was almost like a surrealist poet <laughs> during his promo. During well his, his promo, it was beautiful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like he just he created this a completely unique character that's like very difficult to capture and i think we'll never sort of you know i i know it was black machismo jay lethal kind of you know did his whole bit but like there's just you know there's no one really like him before him and i don't think that you know there can ever be anyone like him uh you know in the future i agree 100 percent. i think that is someone who's going to be so unique because if you try to do anything like randy savage you're going to get called out on it yeah, and he, and he also, like, he could work in the ring, which, like, Hogan could not. There's so many of those guys who were great on the mic, but just, like, had, you know, like, six, you know, six moves in their move set. And he was also just a great performer in the ring as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So you asked us earlier about our, our most favorite WrestleMania moments, and, and uh, this wrestler was involved in – the match, um, Adrian Adonis versus Uncle Elmer. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania two. So you're uh, saying I, your I, favorite was <laughs> Uncle Elmer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, it's a pretty boring answer. I, I think I would have to go with Flair because he was so great at putting on a good match, no matter what. Like he could, you know as they say, he could wrestle like a, like a log and it would be interesting for 60 minutes yeah. mostly. And I, I saw him wrestle live and his mic skills are really great. Um, I do think Randy Savage is maybe more, more fun, but he was, uh, you know, he, he was just, Rick Flair was just a great heel. I, like I said, I got to see him live twice. And it was like, we, everyone, you know, every, almost everyone hated him. Right. So 12,000 people were, were watching the main event. He comes out to that, you know, um, 2001, and we're booing, but then as soon as he actually comes out, everyone's like quiet and everyone stands up like it's the Pledge of Allegiance or something. Right? Like it's like the, the Pope just walked in the room because he's the champ. Right? So everyone just kind of just shuts up and lets him do his thing as he comes out. And then as soon as the robe is gone, the belt's gone, we're booing again. But it was like everyone you know, respects this guy. Then he gets his ass kicked for 60 minutes, weasels out of the, weasels out of the ring with the belt, and we still – think he's the and we're still convinced he's the greatest wrestler in the, in the world yeah and he's just he was just you know if you, if you have to only watch one person i think you want to watch you know one of the best like that but that's always interesting you know oh great answers can't go wrong with either of those all right, guys. Thank you guys so much. So it's Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia, Ed Cunell, yeah. Matt Enton. Remember, May 11th, Kickstarter. We're going to give you all the info as closer to we get. And hopefully you guys can come back and talk about the Kickstarter and, you know, uh, let our my it. listeners know kind of what the levels are and whatnot. Yeah, please. Yeah, we'll have an exclusive hardcover that will just be Kickstarter only. and But we'll have a real nice soft cover option. And with, it'll have some exclusive content and, and that the single issue, you know, it'll have some exclusive content and we'd love to come back and, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, talk about it, talk about it when, when we can. So thanks for having us. Basking so in the much. success of our campaign. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll just call it, we'll be desperate to get, you know, to get it up, up to like $5,500 from, from, yeah. <laughs> Well, what better way to end this interview than some famous words? That is, don't you dare miss it. And that was that. That was a lot of fun. I want to thank Ed and Matt again for joining us. I can't wait to have them on again to talk about their kickstarter i'm hoping that we get more one shots maybe even another uh short series because that was a very fun read matt it's wrestlemania weekend i think it's time for us to you know call it a night 
get some rest, get ready because we still have two shows to watch. Yep. Young Rock and, of course, Young Sheldon. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Young Sheldon Talk. <laughs> We've been the Young Sheldon Guns. My name is Matt, and uh, our co-host over here is Boris. Good. <laughs> You don't like you don't like my young Sheldon crossover that I'm trying to force here, Boris. Uh, <laughs> you know what's fun, fun, the funny part? What's I'm that? not editing this out <laughs> whatsoever. I don't think you should. I think this is prime content. Oh man, it's been a long week, man. We've done a lot of podcasts. And we've been doing a lot of a uh, lot of watching wrestling, a lot of TLKing wrestling. <laughs> yes. So it's been a lot of fun. So again, whether you're coming from the It's Canon podcast feed, whether you're coming from Sunday Night's Main Event. We want to thank you. There's so many different ways that you can get a hold of us. Um, pick one, and we will reply. You can find us on the It's Canon podcast side at It's Canon Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. For Sunday night's main event, you can find us at NXT TLK Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. So on behalf of... Of the Young Guns, I'm Boris, he's Matt. Good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah.